Hello! I'm Kelsey. And I'm Kim. And this time I didn't almost say I was Kim. We're already doing better. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Season 3, Episode 21 of the Massive Fans Book Club Podcast. In this episode, we will cover Chapters 75 through 78. Uh, is that true? 75, 76, 77. So no, I lied. Chapter 75 through 77. I can math, guys. Of A Court of Wings and Ruin by Sarah J. Mass. And um, like part of the reason I can't math is because my child doesn't let me sleep. But the other reason I can't math is because I'm just like emotionally unwell from these chapters. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like do your deep breathing exercises now because it's about to be rough. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really don't. I. Broken, <laughs> Scott. I feel broken, man. So, in an effort to soften the blow at the end of this episode, um, we have an interview with a special guest to share with you all. Uh, we were lucky enough to sit down with indie fantasy author J.M. Wallace, and she is so cool you guys you may recognize her name from tiktok and you may have read her first fantasy series called a legacy of darkness i'm getting ready to start it i'm so excited i know that i think just came out last year if i recall i think that's what yes Yes. all i remember is being like jaw on the floor when she said she released all three like back to back to back like all at the same time it was wild anyway i know it's crazy (laughs) Uh, so fun news, she does have a new book coming out on April the 18th, and Kelsey and I were, I know, and Kelsey and I were lucky enough to read a full arc of it. I oh my know. goodness. I think you guys are going to love it. I really do. It's so, so awesome. Uh, it's called Air of Shadows and Ice, and is part of a new series that she is working on. And the series is about Faye, but we're talking more like the Celtic Faye mythology that Kim has been teaching us about along the way. Um, so that's super fun. Uh, and I actually a little did bit that I teach. That I did just tell Kim that while reading it, I got like a little bit of like through the looking at glass, like Alice in Wonderland uh-huh. world buildy feel to it, which was really cool and like different yeah, yeah. from the actual universe, but like, I don't know, still like, you know, cool. Anyway. Uh, so will be available in most places where you, you know, like buy books, you know, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, her website, and um, rumor has it Kindle Unlimited, which would mm. be like really cool, right? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Like I actually, I know, I know she like kind of gave us like the hint that she was working on that. But then like I sort of was like scrolling through Amazon and I like looked up her book because I wanted to like make sure that I had the date right that it comes out April 18th so I was like what does Amazon say and like it had the little Kindle Unlimited thing like lit up so like I think it's happening but anyway uh, as always we will share our socials at the end of the show and in our show notes but we'll also be sharing all of Jan Wallace's socials and her website and all that so like definitely check it out yes and uh, so, you know, before we dig in, dig in, dive in, pick your choice of, of words before we get into this. Before we um, do Okay, if you all don't know the drill, we got a problem, but this podcast is not for little ears. It isn't. Um, it is so not. Uh, so now, Kelsey, um, so like what's happening at the top of chapter 20, uh, top of chapter 75? 
So, if uh, you may recall, we just finished with uh, 74 with uh, Don't Touch My Sister. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Elaine has just like totally like I was about to say forked and then realized I was going to sound like fucked and I just like really messed the sentence up. Um, <laughs> anyway, Elaine just, uh, you know, kaput uh, the... Um, um, dagger through King of Hybern's neck. And at the top of 75, uh, Elaine has now, like, finally, like, I don't know what came over Elaine that she was just like, eh, fuck this guy and don't touch my sister. Like, wow, that was, like, a lot of power for Elaine. And uh, clearly even Elaine is like, wow, that was a lot. I don't know who that was, but it was not me. So I'ma take a step back now (laughs) because she's just kind of like, um, did I do that? And... The king is literally, like, choking on his own blood. He didn't, like, insta-die, which is fascinating to me. So (laughs) Nesta lunges, and, like, the logic would be that Nesta is going to be like, oh, Elaine, because, you know, that's how Nesta is. But she doesn't. She lunges for the king, and she wraps her hand around the hilt of the blade and just slowly starts twisting it and twisting it and twisting it. Until, like, uh, yeah, so it's this is the, kind of the cool part that I like, which is um, she twisted, 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 and <laughs> in Nesta's eyes, it was the same look, the same gleam that she'd had the day in Highburn when she pointed her finger at him in the death promise. She smiled a little, as if she remembered it too, and then she pushed the blade like a worker, heaving the spoke of a mighty grinding wheel. The king's eyes flared, then his head tumbled off his shoulders. Oh, shucky poo darn. And Cassia <laughs> just, he says, Nesta? Like, and I guess is trying to reach for her, probably because, like, he's fucking dying. Um... But she's literally covered in the blood from the King of Highburn because, you know, she just literally ripped his head off. And so Cassian's like, Nesta. And Elaine's like, Nesta. And I don't really actually know what to make of this because of the way it's written. But to me, it reads sort of like Cassian's like, oh, shit, Nesta. Like, we, like wow, what the fuck? Did, like, what was that? Also, like, I'm dying a little. Also, like, are you okay? Because I can just imagine there's like a lot going on in Cassian's mind. Meanwhile, I sort of feel like Elaine's Nesta is more like, Hey, Nesta, I know you're, like, having a power moment, and you're just, like, standing there, but, um, do you see this man on the ground? I think he's yours. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like Elaine is, like, I mean, I'm not gonna touch him, but, like, you could. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like Elaine's, like, that one, that was a one-time bloody knife thing I did. I am not doing anything else for the rest of this book. Elaine has used up all of her killing JoJo's there. Yeah, so now she's like, I'm back to not wanting anything to do with any of this. <laughs> anyway, so Elaine, you know, calls for Nesta, and Nesta, like, blinks and kind of, like, snaps out of it. And, like, kind of finally has a look on her face that says, like, she and Elaine both understand, like, oh, we really did just kill the King of Highburn. Like, this thing is kind of over. And... Except nobody else knows it. <laughs> Right, right. Like, yeah, it's like a short-lived feeling because you got to remember Feyre is at the cauldron and Feyre is like watching this kind of like weird, like almost like a movie, like through the cauldron. She's watching this all go down. I don't get. So like, I guarantee you that if a high lord died. Right. 
there would be a ripple effect of power, right? Right. How the fuck can that not happen with the King of Highburn? Yeah, okay, I have a lot of questions. I mean, the King of Highborn doesn't even have a name, so, like, right, I, there's that. I, I sort of feel like the short answer is, we don't know what we don't know. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, maybe there, in theory, is. Maybe this is all part of, like, a larger plot, because, like, I agree with you. Like, it doesn't really make sense that, like, he'd be, like, the one and only, and now that he's dead, it's actually over, over. So there must be be something i just i think it's like okay that we don't know what it is if that makes sense okay i just was curious i mean yeah i think that like that's at least how my brain like interpreted it like i'm kind of thinking about it like i don't know if you like i always go back to like my buffy examples like Buffy would always have like the baddie of the week and then there'd be like the big baddie of the season. But sometimes even at the end of the season, when the big baddie died, there would like be an illusion that like, okay, that was the big baddie, but like, was it, you know what I mean? And I sort of feel like that's what we're doing here where it's like, we killed Highburn and we're going to like wrap this up, but I'm sure the Highburn piece is a part of something we will understand more of later because like in fairness a good example is like going back even to the first book in the series like we didn't know what we didn't know so like we knew that there had to be more to this whole like tamlin has this fucking mask stuck to his face gig than Mm -hmm. just like oh he's quote unquote cursed and this is a beauty and the beast story and like fair is here to break the curse like we knew that that had to be part of a bigger plot of some kind because it wouldn't make sense for there to be an entire series based off of just fucking that <laughs> like you know what I mean right. but we didn't right. know what <laughs> like well you did by the end of the book but like at the beginning you going into it you're like there must be more than his mask is stuffed to his face <laughs> like <laughs> that makes sense so like I think that like in my head is like how this highborn thing works out mm, but like it's like I don't know again like I'm with you because I do feel like there's something weird about this because of like how this is worded which is like so like I said Feyre is watching from the cauldron and like so we get the you know it's from her perspective so the cauldron seems to realize what she'd done too as his head thumped to the mossy ground Mm -hmm. that Elaine Elaine had defeated this thief and I okay so I'll keep reading the paragraph Elaine who it had gifted with such power found her so lovely had wanted to give her something it would not harm Elaine even if in its hunt to reclaim what it had taken it retreated the moment Elaine's eyes fell on our dead father lying in the adjacent clearing so I don't really understand like <laughs> I gotta be honest I don't really understand what the fuck they were talking about because mm-hmm. like on one hand if you want to go like oh, okay so the we've decided the cauldron is somewhat like sentient and like it made choices about like what to give or take to, you know, everybody. Well, if we're going to go with the cauldron, like uh, basically likes Elaine, then like what the shit that's about to happen doesn't make me feel like the fucking cauldron likes Elaine or anybody. <laughs> like, you know what no, I mean? I agree. I'm confused. Like what is favorite talking about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, whatever. So the cauldron may or may not fucking like Elaine. Whatever. That's what we got out of this. And we know the cauldron don't fucking like favor because it's trying to give her whiplash. So it was like, oh, like, okay, we watched all of that. That that shit's over. Next scene. And so it like whips her and like shows 
um, Reese and the other High Lords, like, still, like, fighting their little asses off, you know? And then it, like, shows um, specifically, like, Helion. And, like, Helion is kind of a, like, kind of a do-or-die moment where it's, like, maybe he was gonna make it and maybe he wasn't and then it like swings to the next one which is like the Braxis and it's still fighting it's still holding a line for Grayson's men who like I forgot were even there so like wow what the fuck then this one's wild and we don't even like talk about this Kim it's so weird then it passes to Draken and the black haired woman that Pharaoh's like I guess that you know I don't know who that is but we'll roll with it right She's like, they're squaring off against Jurian and she can't even decide from her point of view if Jurian is actually actively fighting them or just trying to defend himself to talk to them. Yep. I know. It, it's not very clear. I'm thinking whoever Draken is with, it was it's Miriam. Well, right. It has to be Miriam. But like, it's just so awkward that like Feyre acknowledges like, I don't fucking know what Miriam looks like. <laughs> What? So Drake and Mia are just like, yeah, it's super weird. Um, I stand by this is super weird. And then like we even like zoom over to like more and she's just like fighting and bloodied and, you know, whatever. And the whole point of this is for Favor to come to like what you said, which is Highburn's dead and nobody even knows it. So like this war isn't really over because like people are still going to die in the minutes that it takes to like basically get the word out. Right. Right. And so like, I get the point of that. I appreciate the point of that. I think it's interesting the way it's done. I just feel like it opened a lot of cans of worms in my head that now I'm very confused Mm -hmm. about the cauldron's functionality. And I'm also very confused about like, why do we not, get more information about the Miriam Drake and Jurian thing because to me that seems like a big fucking problem yeah I agree also feels like a big fucking irritating thing to me that like we have a real war going on and we need to like do this right now because we already told you that Jurian was not here to fuck with you yep so did Jurian decide to fuck with them that would be the only way that would make any sense but it's like I I don't know. It just made it all came across very weird to me because like, I can tell you right now, like, no, we don't fucking talk about this. <laughs> I know. Like we get this I, one I paragraph and then. So anyway, I don't know. I still argue that this is my argument for a Durian book. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I agree. I mean, it, there is, there's no, there's no clarification to it. There's nothing. No. No, so very weird. But like I said, I mean, it, it still did what it needed to do, which is like point out that like everybody was still too busy killing each other. Um, yeah. What she actually says, which I think is really interesting, is she says there were too many, so many, and we were all drained. The cauldron hurtled away, withdrawing towards itself. There was a roar of pain, a roar I recognized, even with the different harrowing form. Reese. Reese, he was faltering. He needed help. The cauldron sucked back into itself, and I was again atop that rock. Again, staring at Amron, who was slapping my face, shouting my name. Stupid girl, she barked. Fight it. Reese was hurt. Reese was being overwhelmed. I snapped back into my body. My hand remained atop the cauldron, a living bond. But with the cauldron settled into itself, I blinked. I could blink. Amron blew out her breath. What in hell? The king is dead, I said, my voice cold and foreign. And you're going to be soon, too. I'd kill her for this, for betraying us for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I know, Amron said quietly, and I need you to help me do it. 
Hmm. Which again, I this whole thing just feels so weird to me. Like I like it. It's good. It's interesting. Um, on first read, I was just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, like the whole way. But now right, like, on a right. slower reread and like talking through it. It's a little wild that Feyre is immediately like, I'm going to fucking kill you, Amran. Like, you, like, betrayed us, blah, blah, blah. When it's like, I can't effectively say that she did. Highburn's dead. Right. Highburn's dead. So, did she uh, really, did, did Amran betray you? Like, I mean, unless right, she like did. Right. It feels like a weird conclusion for favor to be drawing right now for favor to be like what the hell what why what are like what are you not telling me i don't understand all of those feel like valid absolutely things for favor to say for favor to yeah. jump street to you betrayed us feels a little wonky weird yeah yeah that feels a little bit like the same reasons i get irritated with more <laughs> okay i guess you know that I mean? makes sense yeah, like, no, I get it. More jumps to conclusions and then gets like her feelings hurt. <laughs> I mean, like, understandably at this point in time, we don't know why why Amron did what she did. Right. But at this moment, Amron hasn't really done much of anything other than right. bring favor to the cauldron, which Favor agreed to do. Right, except she's not holding on to the cauldron with her. I mean, right, and I get that, but to me, that feels like apples and oranges. We don't, like, Feyre is not Nesta. Nesta arguably could have been like, hey, Amran, we already talked about this. You and I are supposed to be both holding the cauldron, saying the words, doing the juju, whatever. But, like, right. Feyre doesn't even know what the plan is. Right. Feyre only knows, follow Amran. Amran read the manual. <laughs> like, well, no, and that's just it. And I mean, and Amron throws the book away. Right. But I mean, like, who, like, for all, I guess the way I'm looking at it is like, for all we know, the book said, throw the book behind you. And then a la the Lion King be like Timon and Pumbaa and be like, look out, everybody do the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. It's. So, I mean, that's why I just think it's so weird to jump to betrayal. It's like, Pharaoh, for all we know, the book said, and then have the high lady hold the cauldron while you do a hula. Like, we don't know. No. Like, nobody told us. This has I been know. a problem for me since the beginning. The idea that it was like, Amron, you read the book, the rest of us are just going to fucking fly by the seat of our pants. Like... So anyway, I don't know. I think this is wild that she just jumps to that. And I'm like, wow, everybody's got a lot of feelings. And then Amron's like, no, really? Uh, you're right. I am going to die for this. Um, and I need your help. And then Feyre's like, hard stop. What? What? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's the whole, what? You're, you're <laughs> screeching to the brakes and everything. <laughs> yeah, she's just yeah, like. The record, the record's scratched. The brakes are screeching. Everybody's like, what? <laughs> yeah, she's like, stop. <laughs> Um, and uh, I mean, Amron does the only thing she can. She briefly explains and she says, like, when the serial gave you the message, it was for me. The answer to the book was not a spell, like, in the book was not a spell to control the cauldron. Like, I lied to you about that after I read it. It was just an, an unbinding spell for me. And yeah. Taylor's like, um, you're saying words, but I still don't fucking understand. <laughs> And Amron's like, 
And this is the part that, again, I'm like, uh, Amron, you're really acting like Feyre and I were there reading the book with you. And we were not, so we still don't know what you're talking about. She was like, I thought I needed your sisters to help you control the cauldron. But after you faced the Arboros, the I knew you could do it. Just you. And just me. But I'm like, we can do what, Amber? <laughs> like, you're starting to really wig us all out, Amber. Pretty much. Yeah. So, anyway, it's an unbinding spell, which we briefly had talked about previously. Which, Reese actually, like... <laughs> Weirdly enough, going back to how that man's always like three steps ahead, Reese knew that that could be a piece of the book. Absolutely. So the fact that the answer was it is a piece of the book, and in fact that is exactly what the serial instructed them to do with the book, is kind of like, wow. Like, if things were different and Reese was standing right here, he would have seen that. He would know what you were saying. Yes, you know what I mean? That he would not be surprised. No. Anyway... So they're all having their moment, like, you know, Feyre and Amron are both, like, having their moment where Amron's like, yep, this is all part of the plan. And Feyre's like, what fucking plan? I don't even have a uh, And then suddenly you hear Varian, who says, don't. And God bless him. I just love this, the way it's worded. Amron smirked like a hound on a scent. <laughs> don't. Well, Alrighty then. I know, don't, was all Varian said. And she is ignoring him. And she tells Feyre, like, unleash me. I can be, like, the end-all be-all of this stupid situation we're in. And And Feyre tries to... Ironically, she now has abandoned the you betrayed us train and is now, no, you can't do this, which, like, Feyre. But she reminds... Uh, she says it to Amber, but she's really reminding us, the readers, that the concern is that if she does this, she won't remember us. She won't remember who she's been. She will just basically unleash on everyone. And like, is that really what we want? Right. And I, I, uh, when she says to her and Varian, it just makes me sad. She says, I watched them for so many eons. Humans. Mm -hmm. In my world, there were humans too. And I watched them love and hate, wage senseless war and fight precious peace. Watched them build lives, build worlds. I was... I was never allowed such things. I had not been designed that way. Had not been ordered to do so. So I watched. And the day I came here, it was the first selfish thing I had done. For a long, long while, I thought it was punishment for disobeying my father's orders, for wanting. I thought this world was some hell he locked me in into for disobedience. But I think, I wonder if my father knew, if he saw how I watched them love and hate and build and open that rip in the world, not as a punishment, but as a gift. Mm-hmm. For it has been a gift. This time with you, with all of you, it has been a gift. Which, like, is very sad and, like, well, it's, like, you know, sweet, but also sad because it's, like, her goodbye. But then also, like, practically, like, word for word and, like, goes back into, like, everybody's theory of, like, is Amron some sort of angel? Well, all I can say is that it's definitely, like, word for word what we get somewhere around season four of Lucifer, so. (laughs) Well, right, so, so. Actually, Sarah J. Mass in interviews has actually confirmed that Amarin's character was originally based off one of the angels of the book of the Bible. That because makes sense. Yeah. 
because Amron does refer to when she came through, they had just laid waste to two twin cities. Right. I.e. Sodom and Gomorrah. Like, and everybody knows. Father's always capitalized for her. Right. And father's capitalized as in. Yeah. So, you know, and and then, so the reference, I mean, and, and Sarah J. Mass does say that that was her. That was her inspiration for yeah. Amron's character and, and what the character is based off of. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking that, I mean, while it makes, it, it's a little weird, it does make sense. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, I just had to laugh because I was like, wow, again, like first time reading through, you know, you're in a different place in life now. Second time reading through, I'm like, wow, I've heard these almost exact same words from Lucifer. So anyway, yeah. uh, like this is season four Lucifer right there. Uh well, it was part of it also the referral to hell. I mean, mm-hmm. the 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 father, the F and father being capitalized, yeah. the the reference to hell, and hell is capitalized with the H. Yeah. I mean, it's very, very biblical. Yeah, but also I think plays into like I said that concept too of like the the concept that a lot of people like to play with with like the fallen angel concept which is like mm-hmm. art like some people look at it as like yeah they fucked up that's the whole point and other people are like mm, no i don't like that's not really how fallen angels work depending on how you look at like why like you know if you want to get into the whole thing like why like the lucifer right. concept of like what is it a punishment or is it an out you know what i mean anyway right no, I agree. Like, I'm just like is it a learning experience. <laughs> was this on purpose to make you learn something? Um, anyway, point. And, and you know, and I, I get that. I, I do. I totally get that. Right. But, Which is I mean, like, I just that's why I thought it was cute because I was like, Amron's kind of doing that where she's like, maybe it's a learning experience. <laughs> But anyway, um, she's doing her really sweet, like, goodbye, and Varian is, like, not having it. He is literally on his knees saying, I am begging you. And she tells Feyre, tell the High Lords to leave out a cup for me. And then she, (laughs) she turns to Varian and she smiles and says, I watched them most, the humans who loved. I never understood it, how it happened, why it happened. I think I might have learned with you, though. Perhaps that was a last gift, too. <laughs> and Varian doesn't try to stop her at this point, but just is, like, falling apart. Which I, you know, I don't feel like we get, <laughs> I don't feel like we get enough fan love for Amber and Varian, you know? like I, feel I like, agree. I feel like I really want, like, we see a lot of the, um like pain and the trying to like understand like trying to walk the line of like letting someone like have letting your mate have their space but letting but also trying to like stop them from you know fucking dying like we see that with Cassian and Nesta fan art all the time we see that with Feyre and Reese fan art all the time you know Uh, it's interesting because we don't see like I I would love to see fan art of this like I would love to see Cameron being except like accepting what her fate is about to be in Varian not accepting that well. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Like I've always, I've always liked the whole Amarin and Varian story. Yeah, me too. So anyway, he's sad. And so are all of us. (laughs) And this is, I think where on my first read, I was like, wow, I should put the book down now. And then I 
didn't um and just like <laughs> went to the end and just like cried a lot and like texted kim in all caps like all night anyway uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why i should have put the back down and been like yeah. tomorrow i will read the rest of this tomorrow but no no i didn't fucking do that so Amron says, when I'm free, do not run. It will attract my attention, which is terrifying. But Farrah's like, it is. Yeah. But Farrah's like, I'm glad we met. Amron's like, me too. Amron grabs her Farrah's wrist and then swings herself into the cauldron. <laughs> I'm just going to say that I have a TikTok already planned for <laughs> already set up in drafts when this episode launches i'm gonna drop this tiktok because it's like on what i just said which is this is the we get a snowflake and this is really where i should have put the fucking book down guys <laughs> uh, yeah oh yeah we get a snowflake spell is like ending uh Farrah says it's like shuddering through her and she's like try- losing her grip on the cauldron and she doesn't really know what to do and then she's falling and varian catches her and he asks like is she and then basically everything starts to shake and you know she describes it as like a shake into like the earth's core mm-hmm. and she says we just had enough time to throw ourselves behind the nearest rock when it hit us the cauldron shattered into three pieces peeling apart like a blossoming flower and then she came she exploded from the mortal shell light binding us blinding us light and fire she was roaring in victory and rage and pain and i could have sworn i saw great burning wings each feather a simmering ember spread wide could have sworn a crown of incandescent light floated just above her flaming hair she paused the thing that was inside Amron paused, looked at us at the battlefield, at all of our friends, our family, still fighting on as if to say, I remember you. And then she mm-hmm. was gone. And so he's glad for it because like this is what they needed to just finally like finish this thing out. But on the other hand, like Amron is gone. So that has to be like rough for Reese. Uh, I would think so. Yes. Yeah. So if you want to read it, you obviously can. There's a little more about her, you know, like I said, basically raining hell on everybody. Uh, But at the end of the, you know, we're only got a couple paragraphs here. So then at the end, Amarin reaches, you know, she's basically just terrorized everyone all the way out to the ships. And when she gets to the last boat, there's no more flame. And when that ship also falls silent, there's only light. It says there was only light, bright, clean light dancing on the waves. So like she literally came through like a tsunami and just like took everything out. And now it's gone. All of Highburn went bye bye. Yeah. And that's the end of the chapter. Yeah. Mm. Woof. Like what a way to like end all of that. Like the, yeah, like I want to be like, what a way to end all of that. Except like. We knew it couldn't be like that easy, right? Right. <laughs> like, like that was smoothish. I mean, it wasn't super smooth, but like that whole thing went smoothish. So now I'm like waiting for the other shoe to drop, and that's called Chapter 76. <laughs> okay. So, in case you've made it three seasons into this show and haven't noticed almost a year later, that basically Kim and I more or less like pick our chapters and we like one of us takes it and then sort of hands it off to the other. Um, yeah. sometimes we don't do that sometimes we're both like we're just gonna fucking 
do it together and it's going to be rough. And that's how chapter 76 is friends. Well, <laughs> I think if we didn't, I don't think we'd get through chapter 76. Right. I mean, if it was up to me, I'd be like, and then the book ends and Amron is gone and that sucks. But the end, <laughs> everybody lives happily ever after. <laughs> we can't do that. And Kim said that wasn't an option. So, no. <laughs> so 76 starts, uh, Varian is uh, crying, which is, again, valid. Well, because as she says, it was a void, but also not a void, a growth. Yeah. Um, this doesn't bode well. Yeah. So is like, it like, yeah. is it like, like a, almost like a black hole? I mean. <laughs> That's what I picture. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the whole. <gasps> another reference for you um or oh god i can't remember what it was called but kim the last season of the magicians that yes. like rip yes. in the thing the tear in the thing the thing in the thing kim i know what you're talking about yeah god, i hope anybody else listening i hope there's like one person out there who's like yeah the thing in the thing like i hope somebody knows what i'm talking about <laughs> you know all right all right Hold your thought. So you're having your your magician's moment. I haven't even. Well, I have a really good reference. Doctor Who, mm. the eleventh Doctor, the Battle of Trenzalore, when he is at the end, and there's the crack in the wall, and on the other side there are the voices and everything, right? Mm. And it's everybody from his planet, his home world. Oh, nice. His companion is like, you know, because he, he's getting, he's in the process of dying and supposedly there isn't another regeneration. Because remember, David, twi- I don't, for anybody who's a Dave, Doctor Who fan, David Tennant regenerated twice as the 10th. So the 12th Doctor is really the 11th Doctor in theory. There's this crack wow, in the great. universe oh, it's, it's a universe so it's, well, no it's a crack in the universe yeah. and so and because we're dealing with the time lord it's not just a crack in yeah. the universe it's a crack in space and time and mm-hmm. all of this so there's like all these implications of what is there yeah and what it means and what it can do so i i almost i kind of get the same feeling in this case like that's what this well, that's how that weird tear is in season five of The Magicians, because remember, that's how yeah. the entire show ends, is right. them realizing that they have to close it, and they have to do some janky shit that pissed off. I've never read the books, but apparently people were pissed about how the show ended because the books did not end like that, and I guess it had something to do with that tear, which makes I, some I didn't read the books either, so I can't say. I have, not exactly. read the books. I have no idea. But the point is... <laughs> Yeah, I get it. Visual of, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All and nothing at once, and it's bad. Big, yeah. bad. I don't know how it worked yeah. out for the doctor, but I know how it worked out for the magicians, and i got to be honest, it wasn't a good time, and neither is this. Well, it actually worked out. In the end, it worked out for the doctor. Um, his companion, uh, played by Jenna Coleman, was able to convince them, the people on the other side, the other Time Lords, to allow him to regenerate. Oh. And so he was regenerated, which is why we had the 12th and now the 13th doctor. Apparently in doing what they did, they, it's my understanding. 
Okay, this is my understanding. So any Whovians out there who are listening also, if you know more about it, please contact us, let us know. But it's been a while. I admit I have kind of fallen off the bandwagon because Peter Capaldi really turned me off of Doctor Who. <laughs> I think that happened. Um, well, but anyway. Um. Yeah, some of some people really liked him. I didn't. I, 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 I couldn't handle the angry white man as the doctor it just really (laughs) bugged the shit out of me especially of what's been going on in the world at that point in time and what was going on in my life i could not handle angry white man as the doctor angry old white man as the doctor okay um so anyway i i lost a lot of interest in doctor who and um suffice it to say we now have supposedly unlimited regenerations Mm. we'll see i mean who knows put that in this year year, (laughs) yeah maybe sjm is a doctor who fan very possible i mean and this is and this year is is yeah in the next in the next year we're going to be celebrating the 60th anniversary of doctor who so interesting they're saying they're doing all kinds of stuff all kinds of stuff to celebrate it so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, anyway, so our side tangent friends, we're just saying that this feels really familiar to the fantasy genre. And yeah. that in general, it's a bad time. Unless you're Doctor Who, in which case it sometimes works out. Which, you know, maybe if I had known that. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> carrying on. The point is, um, we got some big bad. And then Reese appears and he's doing the Reesey thing where he's like I know I look like shit but are you okay because <laughs> you know he's written by a female so yeah. <laughs> do with that what you will um so he is putting it together he's like you freed her and he's stammering and he's shaking and Feyre's like, I don't even know where to begin. Like, I don't, like, I don't even know how we're going to talk about this. <laughs> like, I mean, True. what is she going to say? Like, yeah, I mean, she kind of hijacked me. I didn't really have a choice. But at the same time, I mean, I sort of did. And, like, she sort of made a compelling argument. <laughs> and, like, we sort of needed it. Like, it, yeah, I can't even imagine yeah. how that's going to go. Well, all I can say is thank God she and Reese have the bond. And thank God they're both Daymatis. Because, yeah. <laughs> He gets to see it all happen in her head. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't have to use words. Right. But she's also, and she fills him in on everything. Like the whole thing like, with her father, Nesta, Cassie, and the king, Amarin. Like all of it. All of it, yeah. Uh, I sort of, this. I, I know this isn't funny, right? Because this is actually a really hard moment. Like Reese, and, like Reese is definitely like completely broken up with all of this. I mean, think about the years he's known Amarin. I mean, right. this has to be as devastating to him as like losing casting on the field would have been like, this is right. just devastating. And so like, even though he probably on some level does understand and on some level did see this coming, like this is still completely devastating. And like, he's just fucking exhausted. Right. And so he's feeling a lot of feelings and fair is feeling a lot of feelings. <laughs> I can't help it, but I hear Varian's voice a little bit like Shaggy and Scooby-Doo being like, Oh guys, we have we a, got problem. a problem. What are Raggy? Yeah, I really do hear a little bit of like Scooby doing the background, like, oh, guys. <laughs> like, Reggie. 
Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Varian's like, guys, um, like, problem. And he literally points because he's got no lines. <laughs> he's just I don't like, think I blame him. Yeah, he's like, that thing. thing over there, what? like, thing that what? is not the cauldron, but is the cauldron, but is not the cauldron anymore, is a problem. Yes. Big Which, problem. Like, Favor and I, or Favor and I, Kim and I are like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll be Favor. I'm okay with that. <laughs> And Kara is like, oh shit, like what, what, what did we do? What did we do? And what she actually thinks is made, made and unmade. I had broken it. I could remake it again. And I, you know, like good on her, good on her for like thinking on her feet that fast. I would have just been staring at the black hole for a good minute. Yeah. (laughs) Watching it grow and grow. I'd have been like, hmm, wow, so we're all going to die anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it would not have occurred to me. So she goes running for the book, and she is frantically trying to, like, flip through the book. And and it's kind of cute, because we get Reese and Feyre, kind of how we initially meet, like, back in Akatar, Reese and Feyre a little bit. Which is, she is coping by just, like, throwing herself in doing, you know? And Reese is kind of being funny about it. You know what I mean? Like he, they're poking, he's poking her a little bit, like as they go, like, you know, yeah. Anyway, she ends up like hurling the book and he's like, you know, well, that's one way to try it. And she's like, she hurls it into the cauldron, into this black hole. Right. (laughs) So she like hurls it and it's just like gone. And he's like, well, that was one way to try it and she's like i don't know what to do and he's like well like amarin said you were a conduit so be one again and she's like what and he's like fuck i don't know i'm just saying words <laughs> like you know what i mean the two of them are both just like i don't know what to do me either <laughs> which is well, i don't know i think kind of cute. Tells, it is but he tells her to re remake the cauldron for right. a new and then Fairy's right. like, but what with, with what power? Because <laughs> she's drained. He's drained. Right. Everybody's drained. And he's yeah. like, hey, humor me. Here's mine. Yeah. And again, they're kind of poking because then they're kind of like working together. And she's like, okay, like she's thinking in her head, she's like, well, like maybe if I can change one small thing, like maybe it's a gamble, but like it might be worth it. And so she just goes, better than nothing <laughs> i want to see this on tv i can't wait. exactly and he says that's the spirit and that's what i'm saying like they're a little bit back to for the first time in a while back to who they were at least more akamath them you know what i yeah, mean definitely. very like early akamath like her starting to use her powers him basically joking around with her so that she has the ability to like access her powers instead of just being like terrified absolutely so very cute and then he does say one other thing uh before we go snowflake that makes me giggle where he says um like he looks around like at all that has happened and she's like reaching for him and you know he's letting his shields go down so that she can like work with him on this. And he says, remind me to never get on Nesta's bad side. <laughs> well, 
Do you blame him? Right, because she showed him everything. And so he's like, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's good on us that time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it actually does. That finally makes Feyre laugh at least a little bit. And she's yeah. like, okay, like, I got it. I got it. Like, we need to take a chill pill and, like, work together. And then we get a snowflake. Yes. Scene change. Again, if I... Or really not even a scene change so much as a commercial break. (laughs) I know. It, like, wrote its own commercial break. It did. And now we take a commercial break. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. This is, like, commercial break should come with a warning. Like, just go get your tissue boxes now. Like, (laughs) tequila. You will need them. If you haven't needed them prior to this, you will need them now. Get your tissues. Yeah. Go get your tissues, tequila, and Tylenol. You're going to need all three. Um, <laughs> rum, tequila, pick your, yeah. pick your poison. I'm a yeah. rum girl, so. Mm, so, yeah. So, Snowflake, and now we finally do get a little more description that pretty much, yeah, Kim, like, sums it up as a black hole. And, yeah. yeah. Farrah's like, it's both form and nothing, like, it doesn't belong, yada, yada. And so now to, like, set up your visual a little bit, she's, like, at the cauldron, and Reese is behind her. And Mm -hmm. he is using his power, like, as a tether to, like, hold her to, like, our world, you know, hold her Mm -hmm. here. Because, you know, when she touches the cauldron, it gets all funky. And so... I, I actually I want to really read this because yeah. it's funny. So we get to this point. We're talking about it here, and for those of you that don't know, they've done a graphic novel via uh, full cast version of Akatar. It's been broken up into two parts. Oh, and oh, yeah, yeah. audiobook, and audio I've been listening audio. to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just got to. I just got through this part of the audio book <laughs> in, um, in that. So I want to read it because it just, it totally is clicking in my brain right now. Cause it's from a distant corner of my memory, my human mind. I remembered a mural I had seen at the spring court tucked away in a dusty unused library. It told the story of Prithian. It told the story of a cauldron, this cauldron. And when it was held by female hands, all life flowed from it. I reached my out, Reese's power rippling through me. United, joined as one, ask and answer. And it's just funny because I literally have, t- no, today I was, I was listening to it. And I just uh, listened to that part. In she saw that painting. The graphic novel where she saw the painting, the you know, audio the, novel. The, yeah, the, the, audio. the audiographic novel because they're doing it with a full cast. I don't know why they call it a graphic novel because it's not. It's yeah, just, it's just a full wild. cast retelling. But well, I literally just listened way. to it. Like, hmm? like, is that an interesting? Does that style work for the book? It does. It's not. It it's not like a reading like it is with the true audiobook where they're reading everything on the page. Um, oh, interesting. It's it's really kind of like it's acted out. Um, I mean, 99% of the story is still there. Like, you're not missing anything. You're just missing um, some of the description. 
the way they handle the description, though, it's, it, it, you know, Favor will be talking about it like it's in her head, but it's not, it's not like the narration is. D- does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, that's interesting. Like, it, it really is, it's, it's either coming from her as her thoughts, or it's her words, or it's somebody else's words. Interesting. It's <laughs> absolutely fascinating. I'm enjoying it very much. Okay, guys, can you tell that we're literally trying to find any way to not talk about what's happening in this chapter? <laughs> We've all as long as humanly possible, can we? have put this off. fucking Dan. It's fine. It's fine. It's going to be fine. It is. I mean, she and she and Reese are working together to, to yeah. find it. And their magic is yeah. forging it back together. Yeah. It's working. It's working okay um okay so kim this was my thought tell me if i'm wrong so when i was making my so typically friends like we talked about like i make my notes she makes her notes um we're doing the chapter mm-hmm. together so um you know um like admin moment um usually i have my highlights you have your highlights i know what i want to read you know what you want to read i don't think i have a good way to say what i gotta say so i think i would just um go read this little chunk and we'll just yeah so it's working right like it's working Mm -hmm. it is it's working the void began to slither back in which is bad yep and then it won which is bad and um she decides she needs more power he gave it to me reese handed over everything i was a bearer a vessel a link i love you he whispered into my mind i only leaned back into him savoring his warmth even in this non-place power shuddered through him wrapped around the cauldron i recited the spell over and over The first crack healed, then the second. I felt him tremble behind me, heard his wet rasp of breath. I tried to turn. I love you, he said again. The third and final crack began to heal over. His power began to sputter, but it kept flowing out. I threw mine into it, sparks and snow and light and water. Together, we threw everything in. We gave every last drop until that cauldron was whole. Until the thing it contained, it was there, locked away. Until I could feel the sun again warming my face and saw that cauldron squatting before me beneath my hand. So, yeah, so she, um, yeah, she turned around. Yeah, so to, to celebrate. Hey, we yeah. did it. We, we did it. Um, and when she looks behind her, Reese's laid well, out. I would say, yeah. Uh, On the ground. Looked, yeah, it looked like he was sleeping. Mm-hmm. But then she breathed in, and she realizes that bond, that living bond was, um, it wasn't there. It was gone, because his own chest, it was not moving. Reese and was dead. was dead. Yeah. Tears, 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 tears. Tears, tears, yep. tears. I, I'm just like, Kim's <laughs> watching me just like not breathe. I'm like, I'm going to just stop breathing because I just have a theory that if you don't breathe, you can't cry. Okay. Um, yeah. So the, <laughs> the first 
time I read this, I was text screaming at Kim at like 10 p.m. She was. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and so we're just going to do what Kim told me to do then, which is keep reading. <laughs> keep going. So we're not, it's not even, over. Yeah, we're not going to stop here. We're not evil. <laughs> Chapter no. 77. Kim, take it away. <laughs> okay. I can do that. I can't do anymore. <laughs> I don't think you can handle anything more. No. So, yeah. So, um, Favor realizes that, that Reese is um, no longer on the living plane. We'll leave yeah. it at that. How's that? And she's like, the emptiness in my chest, my soul at the lack of that bond, that life. Mm. So remember, you know, for so long she's talked about this living, breathing bond, right? Well, God, she talked about it when she didn't know what it was back in book one. Yeah, when she died. When she died, she knew it was there. She didn't know what it was, but she knew it existed. She hung on to it, right. Yeah. And so, of course, you know, she's she's screaming at him and she's shaking him and, you know, <laughs> trying to think that this isn't really what it is that he's he's sleeping. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's not. And the next thing she knows is more standing there. And then, you know, it's Azrael and Cassian. Um, yeah. They had shown up and they're both covered in siphons trying to <laughs> cover up as much of the boo-boos as possible until a healer can get to one or both of them. Um, and all Feyre can hear in her head is this over and over of I love you from, from Reese. And I, I can't imagine. I mean, I just, I can't imagine. Um, yeah. And she realizes that he knew when he volunteered to step up that he yeah. was, he was going to have to give everything to do this. And I think, I don't think she was prepared for that. You know, like, I don't think it occurred to her, but he knew. I mean, he just, he knew. So yeah, it. It definitely, it definitely is um, a little tough. Um, yeah. People are trying to haul her away. And, and she's screaming, just screaming at them. And, you know, she realizes she's like, she says, I couldn't live with this. I couldn't endure this. I couldn't breathe. And, um, you know, it's, it's so sad, like. Moore's trying to get her away finally, and Thiessen is bent over Reese trying to make see if there's anything he can do. Right. Specifically. And he shakes his head. And apparently the one who's been trying to pull her away is Moore. I know Kelsey had some questions about that. Well, but... no, she's the one who tries to pull her away now. We don't know for sure who sure, tries who it was. The right. first person to show up because she doesn't say, she just repeatedly says like she feels hands on her. But yeah. she doesn't say who. And so the conversation Kim and I had had offline was like, it makes logical sense that it's more because more is the first one she notes showing up. But the hands happen before she notes anybody showing up. So I just remember, can't remember where it was. I think there was a TikTok that brought it up. And I just thought it was interesting where they were like, it'd be interesting to know or to see who in the TV show they have do that. Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, if, if they show you. Does it kind of mat- like it, it changes the tone depending on who's trying to pull her off true 
I agree. And truthfully, I think my problem with believing that it's more, I understand that it's more later. My tra- problem believing that it's more at first is that I don't see a world in which more wouldn't be absolutely stunned standing there looking at her cousin dead. You know what I mean? Where True. she would be able to do anything. True. Maybe it was Thiessen. Yeah, I saw some theories that it was Thiessen. I think the uh, most common uh, and probably makes the most logical sense um, is that it's Helion because yeah. he was one of the last ones fighting alongside Reese anyway. I mean, my money is on Helion and or Thiessen. Yeah. Um, I will get into it later. Um, I personally like the idea that it's Tarquin and it's because of something he's, that happens later. But yes. yeah, anyway, I'll carry on. <laughs> um, you know, Tarquin, I mean, Tarquin, see, now you messed me up because you said Tarquin. Yeah, I Thiessen <laughs> does acknowledge there's nothing he can do. Right. Um, and the next thing, you know, Feyre realizes is Tarquin and Helian are both there. I, I love I love what Helian says. He, Helian rasped, then shook his head, closing his eyes. Of course he did. So, I mean, I think, it, I think that tells you how much, like, and how well Helian really did know him. Like, they really were genuinely friends. Yeah. Um, and then this literally just triggers this thing from her where Favor's looking at them and she's just she starts begging. And she's like, please. And and she's like, you know, maybe the cauldron and and you know, she's trying to think of whatever it is she can do to bring him back. And the next thing she knows, she's sitting there and she's she, I mean, she's in shock and she's for sure devastated. And I'm just gonna read it. It says, hand dropped her on my own. They were blood splattered and cut up, but gentle. I tried to pull away, but they held firm as Tarquin knelt beside me and said, I'm sorry. And so then Feyre starts going through things and, and in her mind, she hears, stay with the High Lord, Viserial's last warning, stay and live to see everything righted. A lie. A lie, as Reese had lied to me. Stay with the High Lord. Stay. For there, the torn scraps of the mating bond, floating on a phantom wind inside me. I grasped at them, tugged at them, as if he'd answer, stay, 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 stay. I clung to those scraps and remnants, clawing at the void that lurked beyond. And then she looks up at the Tarquin and then the other High Lords and she's like bring him back yeah she's like I ain't fucking around bring him back and she's like you did it for me do it for him and poor Helian is like um, but you were human this isn't the same <laughs> like, he's trying right. to like, and she's to, like to yeah to like mitigate expectation she's like because he's like we don't know if we can do that but yeah. yeah and she's like i don't care do it um god bless tarquin because he's the first one to step forward and it's that combination of things that is why i like the idea like i me as a director if i had to choose someone i would have to pick either helian or or tarquin, tarquin. And, and, and the reason i appreciate tarquin is because tarquin is the only one who, when you really think about it, going back like through Akamath, has really been there, like with Feyre on Feyre's level from the beginning. Yes. 
where I remember like the two of them, like there was some truth to that back when they were talking about, like when he was saying like he had these, you know, basically before we had the court of dreams and knew what the court of dreams, you know what I mean? Before we had yeah. our dreamers, he was the dreamer we had first really. And favorite yeah. appreciated that about him. And I think he sees obviously now all this time later, like, Oh, absolutely. Why that is, you know what I mean? And so to yeah. me, I just appreciate that he would be the first one to be able to be far enough removed as real Cassie and more are too close to the situation to be able to effectively tether Feyre during this time. You know what I mean? Right, right, Her right. When is no, one step removed, but knows her well enough. Well, and, and not only that, it's, it's what he says when he gives that kernel of life. Yeah. And he says for what he gave today and many years before. And I think what makes that so powerful is he is acknowledging what happened under the mountain with Amarantha. Right. Exactly. And pretty much putting to rest any of the suspicions, any any of, of any of the questions that might have anybody else should have or would have had. Well, and I think if he weren't the first one to go and he weren't the first one to say this, I don't know how many, like, I, I don't think we, uh, I don't know how quick we would have been to convince the other High Lords. I agree. That was the most effective way. And he knew it. And that's what we like about Tarquin is he knew Absolutely. it. Tarquin is by no means a stupid man. <laughs> no, he's not. And of course, the next one to step up is Helion. Right. Then Kalias. Yeah, I was going to say, Helion's the closest thing he's got to a friend, really. And then Kalias, which kind of shocked me. Yeah. Um, then Thiessen, until only Baron is standing there. And basically, he, he's threatened by more. I love this. She says, <laughs> I, I killed do, enough people. Yeah, I do not mind making one more kill today. I love <laughs> that. I want that on a coffee mug. Like, oh. Uh, so I do not mind making one more kill today. No, nope, you go more. That. I love it. And then Baron does it. So then Favor's like, but I don't know how to do it. I need to give him one for me. I don't know how to do it. And she's like, tell me how to do this. <laughs> Thiessen, God love him, steps forward and shows her how. Right, which is sweet. Because, like, you know they were all like, who's going to pull the short straw? Like, we're all, like, who the fuck is <laughs> this like anybody else got anything we've all done this one fucking time like no we're lucky we figured it out like yeah eh. <laughs> and then all of a sudden she gives her drop of life and she realized there was still one missing and as soon as she made the realization he is standing there and it's tamlin and I love how it says he stood there summoned by either the death of a fellow high Lord or one of the others around me. And Farah is begging him. She is like, please, I'll give you anything you want. I'm like, girlfriend, that's the last thing you ever want to say to him. I know. I get, I get where she's coming from and I understand why, but God, the last person you ever want to say that kind of stuff to is him. Yeah. But ironically, I think that's what gets him. Yeah, I agree. I think he realizes she is so desperate. She will literally give him anything. Yeah. And he just finally, he's standing there and he looks down at her and he well, tells her. He's got, she's got her head on. She has given up. She is literally like laying on top of Reese with her like head on his chest, like wishing right. she could hear him breathing. 
as she's saying, repeating over and over again, anything, anything, anything. After she said she'll give him anything, she just keeps right. saying anything, anything. I mean, yeah, like, like, what are you gonna do, Tamlin? You are standing there watching this woman fall apart in front of you, and you got these other fucking high lords standing behind you, like, mm-hmm. Like, hey, asshole. <laughs> I mean, shit, like. Because I imagine none of them are very happy with him right now anyway, well, even right. if he did come like, to, to help. is like, I'm really feeling like, like, you know, Tarquin's like, I don't know, like, Helian, we don't know each other that well, but I'm really feeling like some asshole for dinner. What about you? Like, Pretty much. Get this dumbass. Like, <laughs> yeah. Post him over a spit, why don't we? Like, Yes, but I give I give Tamlin some credit because he's looking at her, he's feeling all these emotions. She can't decipher them, but what he says to her, and and this is something the fandom does come back to on regular basis. Like you know, it does come up in conversation and and, and discussions throughout all the different you know, like you know places online. And he tells her, "Be happy, Feyre," and he gives that final kernel to Reese, and then yeah. we get a snowflake. <laughs> Which again, I think is a commercial break. <laughs> I don't right. think it's anything else. It's right. just a commercial break. It's a chance for everybody to sit there, stand up, take a breath, stretch, blow your nose, because we all know we have snot running out our nose. And, yeah, and, this is the point know. when I texted Kim back and was like, "Okay, you did. Maybe you didn't lie to me because you have to understand. <laughs> I was pregnant, and I asked him. I said, Kim, like, are people gonna die? And I forget how you worded it." But you worded it in a way that was like, I forget what you said. You said like, yes, but I forget how you worded it. But you worded it in a way that like, I logically knew that there must be a way out of this because you were not going to let like my emotional, like I had a rough pregnancy, guys. You were not going to let my like emotional and now nutrition self (laughs) like cry myself into a stupor during this book. So you were like, it's going to be fine. Trust me. And I was like, earlier in this chapter, I was texting you in all caps. Like, this isn't fine, you liar. But then I was like, okay, maybe she didn't lie. Maybe it is fine. And I, I, I did at one point, I did assure you, I said, it, it, it gets really bumpy. And <laughs> you have to trust me that in the end, we will all have a happily ever after. <laughs> That's what you kept saying. And I kept being like, okay. There is an HEA at the end of this book. I promise you. Yeah. There is. So, okay. So get get us get us there, Kim. <laughs> I will. So of course we come back from our little our little commercial break here, because let's face it. Yeah. We need perfect. to blow our nose and wipe our eyes and get all the snot off our faces, right? Yes. Drink some water. And as Feyre said, she's like, you know, when she when she was made, of course, she couldn't witness it. So she didn't even try this time either. She just kept her eyes closed, which I'm kind of like, right. I, I get it, but I don't because it's kind of stupid. Right. But whatever. So she's holding on to him and holding on to that bond. And she's just begging him, stay, stay, stay. And all of a sudden, this light starts to, to glow behind, beyond her closed eyelids. And, you know, in, in the silence, she's... Of, of all of this, she's telling him, you know, in in her mind and her in her soul, um, I guess down that bond about you know about everything about you know everything she ever thought, felt, said, 
any everything about them and their relationship from the very beginning, literally going back to that night at Kellen Mai. Which I love. The idea that this is the moment where all of a sudden she's like, you know what? <laughs> like yes. I like she's a she's basically now admitting what he had kind of admitted to her, which is like, you know what? On some level I knew then. Like Yeah, you know. She she's literally going back to his 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 confession from chapter 54 in Akramath. Right. right. She's now there and, and she's doing it, but you know, we don't get a whole chapter. We literally get two paragraphs yeah. <laughs> detailing it and detailing, you know, how she fell in love with him and the whole thing. And all of a sudden, you know, and she's just like, she's, she's trying to convince him, you know, there's all this life still before us. And all of a sudden this thud sounds and then she's opening her eyes and there's another thud. And then his chest starts rising. Reese groans. I have to read this. It's hysterical. If we're all here, either things went very, very wrong or very right. <laughs> and then he opens up his eyes and he's looking at all the high lords and he's like, you lot will be pleased to know my power remains my own. No thieving here. <laughs> God bless healing. Healing is the comic relief because he goes, you do know how to make an entrance or should I say an exit? <laughs> I just love the Vivian yells at him. She does. She's telling, she tells healing that he's horrible, <laughs> that it wasn't funny. And we're all like, actually it was. But I that's okay. a little bit. <laughs> it just, it's so cute because, you know, apparently Reese heard everything because he tells her as he's trying to, you know, sit up and, and calm her down and wipe her face and stay with the High Lord, he murmured. Yeah. And she, poor Farrah can't figure out if this is really real or if it's a fantasy. She really is like, right. uh, is like, this real? I, have I just gone unconscious? <laughs> like, Yeah. And of course, Reese's response is, yes, it's real. And, oh, there's another surprise! <laughs> and he points a hand over at the cauldron and I love this. He says, someone fish out dear Amarin before she catches a cold. <laughs> I know, I know. <clears throat> and the next thing we know is Varian <laughs> is sprinting, and so is more. <laughs> they're, they're racing for the cauldron yeah. to get her out. <laughs> and of course, Farrah's like, how? <laughs> like, how? And Reese just says she was there when the cauldron was sealing, going wherever we go. So I reached out a hand to see if she might want to come back. So. As I told Kelsey, I kept promising her yeah. it will all work out in the end. You will get your happy ending. <laughs> I just love, like, the end here caps the part I had read about what Amarin had said before she left. Yes. So as Amarin opens her eyes, Varian lets out a choked sound of relief and joy. And I'm, I'm going to read the, it. I'm reading from the book. And it says, I knew what she had given up to come back. High fay and just that. Her silver eyes were solid, unmoving, no smoke, no burning mist in them. A normal life, no trace of her powers to be seen. And as Amarin smiled at me, I wondered if that had been her last gift, if at all. If it all had been a gift. 
And that's where the chapter ends, people. So Kelsey will tell you, I did. I told her. I, I swore yeah, to her up yeah, and down. She, she promised. She, she was like, I promise it will be okay. And I was just like, I don't see how. Like, <laughs> yeah. God bless us all. Yes, I did. I tried. I was like, it, it's going to happen. I promise. I swear. Um. So, yeah. It, it's. It's so interesting doing like the reread now because, you know, I read it the first time, obviously, and was just like super upset. And then the second time, so like the first time I was super upset because I was like, what the fuck, Amory? Like, what are we doing? Like I said, I didn't go straight to betrayal like Feyre did, but I was like, what are we doing, Amory? And then for Amory to be gone, I was like, oh my God, like I love Amory. And then for Reese to be gone, I was like, stop it. Like, what is like, what is happening? Like, what? what and like I knew there wasn't enough of the book left for like a huge plot point you know what I mean so I was like right, right. like how is this gonna be okay and so it's really interesting because now, now on the reread for me the part I picked up on and Kim and I talked about this offline like before we started recording I said the thing is is looking back I don't I guess it's the speed at which like you're reading right like it's it's mm-hmm. like when you're reading the first time you're reading for like big plot point content when you're reading (laughs) to do a podcast you are like picking up on smaller details and like looking back I should have known (laughs) that shit was about to hit the fan on the second I love you you, (laughs) truthfully the first I love you felt uncomfortable (laughs) okay so I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little real here so when I first read this I, you and I were still working together. Do oh, you remember? Okay. I came in that one day and I looked like I'd been through the ringer eight different ways. <laughs> <laughs> and you asked me if I was okay and I said, no, I, I stayed up late finishing a book and it destroyed me. And I remember I just stared at you for like five minutes because I was like, I mean, on one hand, I get it, but like on the <laughs> other hand, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> this? This was the book. It was this book. Yeah. And I then, and then, because then you and I had been talking, and then, like within a year later, I had read the whole King, the whole Throne of Glass series, and Kingdom of right. Glass had come out. Right. And that one just, holy crap! I thought I was hung over from that one for like days. Well, and that's what I was gonna say, and that's what I remember about this book. I remember, and that's how we ended up doing this podcast. Fun fact for all of you. Um, because I remember finishing this book and being like, I it's now, you know, on Book Talk, it's funny because like on you know, with Book Talk and and like, you know, scrolling through Instagram and like other people's like bookstagrams and stuff, um, there's basically, you know, people have coined the term like, you know, I have a book hangover or yes. or sometimes from a book hangover, um, what is the term I'm looking for that people are using? Um, where like you just like, oh, I'm in a book slump, where it's like you finish one book and then you have a hard time like picking up another book, right? Mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. That was the problem I had with this book because, uh, and I'd have to go back and find it, but um, I remember telling you, Kim, when like, you know, Facebook tells you what you wrote on like your Facebook, like, you know, this day, a year ago, four years ago, five years ago, yep, blah, yep. blah, um, when it had, it was back in February and it said like, you know, on this day a year ago, and I had said on Facebook, I said, <laughs> basically said something along the lines of look. Um, 
you know, it's COVID. I've been working from home for over a year. Like I haven't, I'm pregnant. So like, I don't leave my house. Cause like, you know, it's, you know, <laughs> COVID's particularly dangerous for me right now. Um, so like, I don't leave my house. I have basically not seen anyone. Um, I started reading again, you know, I was a huge reader up until college. And then, you know, you just, you get busy and life happens. And so I was like, you know, I've picked up reading again in the last, you know, year and a half, cause I had started a book club right before COVID started. And yep. so then I said, you know, the thing is, is like, what I need people to understand is that I just read over a thousand pages in like, what was it? Like 14 days. I read yeah. all three of these books in less than a month. And so actually, no, it wasn't even 14. You read them in 10. Well, yes, you are correct. <laughs> You're correct. I remember. And then Frost and Starlight made it 14. But yes, first, you're right. Frost and Starlight. The initial trilogy, this trilogy, yeah, you read it in 10 days. days. And so I was like, in 10 days, I read over a thousand pages and I am emotionally like stunned. I am ruined. Like I am not doing well. And basically what I said was I would absolutely recommend this series that I just read to anyone, but I absolutely would not recommend that you read them at the big breakneck speed I just did because <laughs> Kim knows I was literally like depressed for like three days afterwards because even though I like logically knew like these people do not exist. And like, even though I like logically knew that like at the end of this book, we did get a happy ending and nobody died. I still felt like people I actually knew had died. Yep. And like, I logically knew that was not correct, but like, tell your nervous system that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially yeah. when you read at that break. Like, Kim reads at that breakneck speed all the time. I don't. So, for me to read at that breakneck speed of a thousand pages in 10 days, you know, well, well over a thousand pages because it's these books are hugely long. And you were closer to 3,000 pages. <laughs> <laughs> like I was hurting, you know what I mean? So like, it's, it's really interesting because like we've drawn this out now over, you know, next week will be our last episode. We'll finish out the book next week and it'll have taken us a year to do this podcast and to do this trilogy, which is like super cool and like a whole thing. <laughs> it's but, so awesome. But that's what has made it possible to joke about it, to laugh about it, yes. to bring in all these other fantasy components, to compare it to TV shows, to do a fan cast. When you are reading at a breakneck speed of this trilogy in 10 days, if you read like we do, which is the movie in your head, then there's a good chance that your nervous system is going to have basically fight or flight because... Mm -hmm you are going to run the risk of your brain not really knowing the difference between reading danger and real danger. <laughs> yeah. I was a little adrenalized for a few days after I finished the yes. trilogy. Yes. But uh, the good news is that's how we ended up doing this. Because I said, if we felt like this, and, and it was also the combination of this happening during COVID, right? Because yeah. I said, if I felt like this reading it, there had to be other people reading these books alone who wanted to be able to talk to somebody else, but maybe didn't have that other person like in their life or their workplace or their, you know, mm -hmm. school or whatever. So, mm -hmm. well, and you know, it's funny because now that I think about it, so I finished this, I finished the initial trilogy and I guess I was a month to six weeks out from Akafas 
being released when I finished. And then I read that. And then all of a sudden, I just dove into Throne of Glass because I was like, I've got to. I'm intrigued. Like her writing, her her world building was so good that I jumped in. Right. And I jumped into Throne of Glass and I plowed my way through that. And then Kelsey, I'll tell you, I was like on pins and needles waiting for Kingdom of Ash to come out. Like I'd gotten all the way through it. Yeah. And I'm like, I need the damn book. <laughs> and it came out. And when it was over, I came in and <laughs> again, I had this, I mean, she'll tell you, I looked like I had been through the ring. Yeah. Like I, I, you'd have thought like I had a family member die by the end of the book. And I was right. just, I was so rugged out. And I was like that for like a day or two. And you were yeah, like, are you takes, okay? Yeah. It like takes time for your body to like, yeah, readjust at least. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how you read. I think, I think, you know, it depends on if you have like that full immersive movie in your head. I think it depends yeah. on the speed at which you're reading. I think it does depend on like where you're at in your life. Are you stuck at home alone during COVID? Are you pregnant? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, there are definitely factors. Do you have Are you in your forties? Probably on the verge of a midlife crisis. I don't know. I mean, really. Right? Like, do you have anxiety anyway? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there are definitely factors. But I will say um, that's why we made sure to group the chapters the way we did. So we did not leave anybody on just like Reese is dead um, and you're fucked. Um, So we made sure we did not do that today. And we did our best to keep it semi-light. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, I will say, um, last thing we wanted to chat about real quick before we jump into our songs so that we can jump into our interview. Um, Kim, you and I talked about this offline, so I just wanted to briefly, uh, Mm -hmm. bring everybody in in case anybody has any thoughts on this. Um, there are people (laughs) on the interwebs. Who think that the story would be stronger if Reese had stayed dead? Yeah, no. And yeah, so Kim and I talked about this offline and I said, okay, like, like devil's advocate, I guess. Like, I can see why that would be such a strong, like, fuck you type of choice, you know? And like, Mm -hmm. there are authors who would do that and there are reasons to do that. But... And this is like a huge but and why it doesn't work. Um, the entire structure of this story, like the trilogy would have to end there because mm-hmm. like there could be no more stories because Kim and I talked about how I, okay, first of all, if he didn't come back, that is how you end up with Amarantha 2.0 and her name is Farah. Yep. So that would have been a problem. Like, do you want a villain? This is how you get a villain. (laughs) Two, the whole thing about when a High Lord dies, we can't really effectively figure out who would have gotten, like, zing, new High Lord. And we sort of came up with it would probably have to be Kier. And, like, who the fuck wants wants to read that? Ooh. Right. So I think as long as Favor's alive, it kind of holds off. But like we don't a full transfer into power, yeah. but we don't know. No, but we don't know that. Yeah, and I guess that's the thing is like I guess if you are on team Reese should stay dead, then maybe that's the answer. Maybe it's that you believe Reese should have stayed dead because then 
the night court would have been ruled by the high lady and we would have just been like, nope, that's it. Like maybe, maybe that almost makes sense. But like I said, but then she'd be like evil. So (laughs) not good. I don't know that that would have worked out the way we wanted it to. Um, And then there's just like other things that don't make like, like if if he had stayed dead, then Amron would have stayed dead, and then we're like just like down too many characters for this to make a lot yeah. of sense. And then we also have a structure that like if Favor is the high lady, like I hate to go down this rabbit hole that does not matter because say SJM did not do us dirty like this. But like if 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 Favor remain okay, so like walk down this rabbit hole with me. If Favor remained the high lady, and she did not mm-hmm. go batshit evil villain right mm-hmm. okay yeah. and she somehow managed to not go catatonic elaine style right pretend- i don't know if that would i don't know i have a funny feeling she would have gone bat, bat yeah. like that that I catatonic so thing i think so too she would have either gone batshit crazy or catatonic or one and then the other um so anyway but pretend like somehow that doesn't happen okay so instead i'm supposed to what believe that she is going to just rule the night court alone essentially forever yep like what the fuck would the story be so that would be boring and also so i'm supposed to believe that she can like live forever and that she's literally just going to live alone sad and alone forever like no, that's again, not this how, is the, how you get a villain. <laughs> well, again, this is how you get a villain, but also this is also not how we know. We know that that's not really the structure of this society. Like right. as you know, like forward thinking as like the night court is, and as backward thinking as like the spring court is, or whatever. We all still we still have this very like like she in theory she would have ended up pressured to remarry. Absolutely, and so. Like, continue the line. Have just a high lady. Like, somebody would have been constantly trying to take over. So, oh, yeah. She would have constantly been trying. Like, she would have had, like, she would have, like, and then what do you do? Like, then what the fuck is the story? Like, does she just marry some rando from the night, the court of nightmares? That would be the only thing that would make logical, like, tactical sense. The, and the thing that would make the most tactical sense would be to marry a different high lord. But, That doesn't make, like, I don't think that go, like, good. I don't know. Like, I just, I feel like it just opens a whole can of worms. Like, to me, because I can't see another way for SJM to do this story without ruining everything she had already built, I guess that's the argument I'm making is, because I can't see another out, I have a hard time understanding what the people who wanted him to stay dead wanted, unless the answer was for the book to just end right there. And the answer is, we don't know. Because I don't, right. I don't understand what the alternative storyline is. And I mean, like, if you, I guess I'm trying to say, if you have one, let me know. Because maybe there, like, maybe there is something interesting. I don't know. But like, I, you know what I mean? I, I just, I, I feel like the people who wanted him to stay dead must have just wanted the story to be over, period. And my thing is, is that, all right, if that's the case, then the story needs to be over, fine. So the story's over. But I'm that idiot that would then be like, but then what the fuck happened after? Right, right, exactly. So, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And that is why we are on, obviously, Team Reese Comes Back to Life. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, we are. We are definitely on I love that Amber came with him. Yes, yes. Yes. Anyway, um, why don't you do songs and then we can get into our interview? Absolutely. Can't wait. Um, 
I do ask you all to bear with me that for whatever the reason, these last set of episodes have just really been song heavy. I, 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 love I don't it. know what's driving it, but I'm going for it. Um, so song one is The Sound of Silence. I have brought it back from earlier in the book, like way back in the beginning. I brought it back because this time it's so appropriate, especially the disturbed version of the song when Nesta beheads the King of Highburn. It's like, yeah, it, the power vacuum and the silence around that, um, I think is so important. Um, the second song is Ray of Light by Madonna, when Amarin is quite literally unleashed from the cauldron. Yep. Song three is Bird Set Free by Sia, and it's when Amarin is off, killing all the bad guys. Uh, four is I Love You by Billie Eilish, when uh, Reese is telling Feyre as they're trying to rebuild the cauldron, I love you. Uh, song five is Make You Feel My Love. I like the straight no chaser version. Yeah. Um, it's just, I, I like how they do their harmonies. I really yeah. do. <clears throat> and it's again, Reese telling Vera, I love you. And, you know, he's there, he's supporting her. He's got her. Um, song six is I will follow you into the dark by death cab for cutie. And it's when Reese dies and Vera is trying to find the tether to the bond, whatever is left of it. Yeah. <clears throat> And then her acknowledgement of it is song seven, which is If You Leave by OMD. And it's both Reese and Feyre, I mean, Feyre, Reese. Reese and Amarin being gone. And and the feelings, both from Varian's point of view as well as Feyre's point of view. Um, then song eight is Tell Your Heart to Beat Again by Danny Goki. And it's a favorite of Reese after all the High Lords have given him a kernel of life. Song nine is Come Alive from the Greatest Showman soundtrack. And it's literally bringing Reese and Amron back to life. <laughs> and song 10 is The Phoenix by Fall Out Boy. Oh, and it's that song, literally, when, in particular, it's when Amron comes back because Amron, <laughs> you know, as, as it ends, she. She gave the greatest gift. She has come back. But to do everything she did, she gave up all that power. I mean, she's still a high face, so she still has power. But she gave up that humongous well of power, that gift yeah. of power. She gave it up. And so she is reborn and, and reformed. And like a phoenix, she is back. So those are our 10 songs. And I will say I also have one TikTok funny for you all. <laughs> I shared this with Kim earlier this uh, week and uh, yep, yep. I will link to it. Um, I asked for her permission and I assume we will get it because <laughs> she seems like a hoot. Um, at Deanna Orma, um, she <laughs> did a great TikTok called Book Character Support Hotline. <laughs> And oh my god support for you because you read about a character it's support for the character and the surreal calls into the support line <laughs> okay but not only that not only that but do you know what else makes it so funny for me and my friends listening who've known me a long time are going to understand this when i say it's like a customer service call center and i have years of experience <laughs> in a customer service call center and so the whole 
especially because of my last the last call center I worked in, I was doing escalation. So I dealt with like the craziest of the crazies right. on the phone. And so listening to this, I mean, I was just like, I had these crazy flashbacks to that. And I, I mean, I was cracking up hysterically, but yes, it's totally. So if you've ever done, if you're out there listening, you've ever done customer service, you have to see this one. It's funny because it's a serial calling in, but two, it's funny if you've ever done customer service and you've had to deal with like that challenging customer on the phone. Yeah, it was, it was a hoot. I loved it so much. (laughs) It was awesome. So anyway, that's the end of today's episode. Uh, We will um, link all of our show noty stuff and our socials and all of the good things. Um, So instead we are now going to jump into our interview with J.M. Wallace. Now that we are recovering from the emotional damage that was these chapters. <laughs> Survivors are, of mass destruction? Anyone? We are massively destructive. That's not the right term. It's fine. Close <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Well>, enough. <laughs> anyway, in, in the road to recovery, we thought it might be nice if we do something festive and fun. So we thought maybe uh, we would bring on a really cool writer from TikTok. You may or may not know her, but you're going to know her now. Yes. Okay. okay. So today we are super excited because we're going to chitty chatty <laughs> with J.M. Wallace from, yes. from TikTok. You may or may not have seen her videos, but she's got a new book coming out, and Kim and I got to read it. <laughs> Soon she will be dropping Air of Shadows and Ice, the beginning of a new series. So, welcome. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. I've been so excited to meet you guys uh, semi face to face, virtually face to face. You know, <laughs> the best. Yeah, more face here than on TikTok chat. <laughs> yes. True, true, true. Awesome. We're super excited to have you here too. It's so funny because we always do these like scheduling things like in advance. So then for weeks we're like, no, but really I can't wait. No, but really I can't wait. <laughs> and now we're- yes, I'm so excited to be here. Wonderful. We get, we get giddy like little fangirls. <laughs> I know. That's the funnest part of the podcast. We get to talk to real humans who do cool stuff. <laughs> mm. because like we want to be cool uh (laughs) always so we just have to go out and find cool people that's how this works right yeah (laughs) so uh you want to do like a quick intro so that uh people who are listening can get to know you and kind of uh you know the books that you've got out already and what's coming up next just you know yeah so I'm a new adult fantasy author. Uh, I I published my first series last year. I did a very rapid release. Uh, So Legacy of Darkness came out in October. Um, And it's my book, baby. I was so excited. I started writing in May and I was like, I want to publish these. I want to publish something by the time I turned 30. And I turned 30 in November. I published in October. (laughs) So I just made it. Uh, And then from there, it just, it's been a whirlwind. And I have Air of Shadows and Ice coming out. It's the first in the series called uh, Claiming Elfheim. It's a fae fantasy 
So yes, so I'm cool. especially excited. <laughs> Which was like kind of why Kim and I were like, um, I sort of feel like our listeners would be into this stuff. <laughs> yes. I sort of feel like there's a lot of crossover. <laughs> Absolutely. I was really excited to write in that world, especially after reading, you know, SJ Mass books mm-hmm. and Holly Black. Oh, yeah. You know, the cruel Mm -hmm. prince. So I just love that world and was really excited to dive into it with this new series. Awesome. That is awesome. So, diving into that, like, kind of how did you do all your world building other than at rapid speed? (laughs) (laughs) It was actually a lot harder than my first series because A Legacy of Darkness, I created that world from complete scratch. So, you know, I did. I started with the the basics, politics, religion, mm. um, how everybody makes a living in the world, and then went into the fun stuff like magic systems and things like that. Right. Um, with this new series, you know, the Fae world is already very established in folklore, and right. I wanted to do it justice while still making it my own. So I did a lot of reading on like old mythology, very like much the Celtic mm-hmm. side yeah. of it. Um, and so I did pull a little bit of that. We have the Unseelie Court, we have mm-hmm. the Seelie Court, mm-hmm. and then those are broken down into territories, uh, winter, spring, fall, and summer. Mm-hmm. And so that was a lot of fun, but <laughs> the Fae have a lot of rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> like you know some some lore says that the, you can't give your name to them because it will give them power over right. you right or they can't tell a lie so i had to pick and choose which one which rules i could keep track of in this world because sure. i could not use them all <laughs> sure so it was a little more challenging i i can imagine i mean i i have to say after having read it i um i saw where where you picked from different places and i i picked up on that mm-hmm. um I, I happen to, Kelsey knows this, I happen to really love, I love mythology in general, but I really love Celtic mythology and fairy tales. And so whenever, when we were reading Sarah J. Mass and, and the first time and I was talking to her and, you know, when you get to Akatar and you learn about uh, Tamlin, like the Tamlin fairy tale, there are two parts to it. Uh, right. One is actually what they based Rip Van Winkle off of, which most people don't know. Or do now because I think that's probably what most people think of. Yeah, the other one is the actual love story one, which is actually my favorite, and uh, I adore that fairy tale. And it's so it was so weird to see it kind of brought back to life in a whole new way, right? Yeah, so, so I love I was, it when yeah. authors do that. I was going to say, so it's funny because I think uh, Kim and I didn't really get a chance to talk about it because, well, she reads at the speed of light. So uh, she's always <laughs> way ahead of me. <laughs> but, but I knew I was thinking of Kim when I was picking up on some of the things in your book as I was reading. I was like picking up on little things where I was like, oh, oh, we've seen this in other places. Oh, she did a good job. <laughs> I was like, oh, she knows her <laughs> There was a lot of pressure with writing this one because I want, you know, I, I know a lot of people are fans of that sort of thing. Right. And especially as readers, they know their mythology and folklore. <laughs> Fantasy readers do. And I was like, I, I hope they're not mad that I changed this. I hope they really enjoy that I like took this sort of, especially the creatures, because I love writing little creatures into my books. Um, so when I pulled them in, I'm like, I really hope they love my take on this. I have to say I did. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I'm 
it's funny, I guess. I don't know if you, I'm not, I mean, I'm a purist, but I'm not a purist because I grew up reading, my dad was huge into sci-fi fantasy and I grew up reading, you know, sci-fi fantasy. Um, one of the first sci-fi books I ever read was Pod King of Mars by Robert Heinlein. My dad literally handed it to me. I think I was 12 <laughs> and said, here, read this. Um, and, you know, from there, a, a love affair with uh, different authors appeared. Um, some of my favorites growing up, besides the obvious of Andre Norton and Anne McCaffrey, who, honestly, growing up, I think they were the two main female fantasy writers that I knew of. You know, yeah. Dragon Riders of Pern and, you know, th those series. Um, otherwise, I grew up reading, like, you know... Uh, Spider Robinson and uh, mm. Alan Dean Foster and it, I've gotten to the point where I love how now so many female authors are out there writing and they're writing from the female perspective mm -hmm. yeah um, and I have to tell you as a fan of it it really excites me because while I love the books I read growing up even like Anne McCaffrey stuff was never really strong female perspective and I'm enjoying I'm enjoying reading that. I enjoyed that in your story. Your 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 female lead in the story is absolutely yes. Okay, and so awesome. now's as good a time as any. Tell us how to say her name. <laughs> Calera. Okay, we were close. We were close. And I, I actually let some of my readers pick her name. I had a list of maybe five names I could not decide. And nothing seemed to be working. So I posted it in my reader Facebook group. And I was mm -hmm. like, guys, what do I name her? That's <laughs> so, awesome. Oh, yes, that's cool. awesome. Calera. I love it. I really love it. I can hear it like now that I Yeah, that totally makes sense. So really because I don't think this is like a spoilery way to say it. Um, <laughs> the way we were, we were talking before you came on, we were saying what I like about this female lead character is she's like a little different from the female lead fantasy characters that I think we see a lot of times, which I said is kind of like um, the favorite Katniss Everdeen, that chick from Divergent. Like they're all very similar character types. And I'm like, I don't really know what you call that, but they're all that. <laughs> and so I was like, yes. I, feel, I feel like she's got like in this book, you did a really great job of bringing in, like, I don't want to say like more femininity, but like, Kind of like she's she's got like a little bit more of a for most of us I think relatable personality mm -hmm. where I go you know like I can believe that like people I work with and know you know know some skills that could keep them alive but also like want to wear the nice dress and not piss off dad too much like you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like that's a little more relatable to my day to day life than like you know Feyre hunting stuff in the woods with a bow and arrow and so. Yeah. <laughs> So from yes, the I was like, this is, this is different. This is uh, for some of those, uh, you know, like I joke, this is for those ones who want the Elaine book. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it was actually really hard for me to write her like that because I kept reverting back to that mindset of like the female leads you see in movies, right. you know, the fantasy genre and what you're seeing in books, because those are, you want to be one of those, like, you know, amazing yeah. strong kick butt characters yeah. <clears throat> but I needed her to 
I was writing her too much like Shay from A Legacy of Darkness. So I, yeah. I really tried to dive into this. She wants to be a perfect lady of court and she's trying to meet all these standards. Right. Kind of like we do as women in everyday life. You know, there's right. a lot of pressure, out, external pressure outside of the home and as a mom. It, <laughs> I was really yeah. feeling it. So I... I tried really hard to get in that mindset and give her a little bit of that while still keeping in the fantasy realm and making her capable of, right. you know, holding her own in a fight. Well, you know, and, <laughs> and I, beat up. I know you're a military wife and I know that, you know, as a mill spouse, it's definitely, there are expectations there. Um, and I think sometimes, I don't think they're always fair to all the different mill spouses out there. Cause or heck just being a mom is like that. <laughs> but being a mill spouse and I, i'm sure you understand when i say this it definitely brings it brings a whole new level of expectations to the table yeah especially you know we when before i started writing we had just moved to our first new duty station and mm-hmm. you know we've got young kids and so i was here with no support system yet and we weren't near a base so I didn't have you know the other military spouses support uh so that really was a struggle and you know and everybody expects you to have it together and it was during you know the it's like in the midst of the pandemic so I'm like (laughs) you know really struggling to keep this whole facade of like I I'm calm cool and collected and we're good (laughs) And really, I'm like fumbling, just trying to, you know, get through it. My husband plans to make this a career. So I'm just really, you know, yeah, trying to be a good example and help others who are maybe new. Right. You know, and same, same with the writing community. I think community is like the most important thing you can have, no matter what you're doing. Definitely. Absolutely. And I think that's what we love. And this is why like the podcast for us is fun and why like book talk for us is fun. And like bringing in like the writers that we meet on the internet is fun because yeah, like, I mean, think about it. Like even 10 years ago, like none of us would be doing this probably. I mean, definitely 20 years ago, nobody would have been doing this. (laughs) I can tell you that for a fact. (laughs) So that's exciting and fun. Um, But sorry, I I got sidetracked because I just, I enjoyed this character so much. So I had to be like, okay, so how do I say her name? (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you love her as much as I do. Jenna's over here, like the conspiracy theorist. She's like, I'm not going to give real spoilers. I'm just going to say things that are going to make people go, what? I have to go faster now. (laughs) Well, I mean, the description explains that she doesn't know her mom so i think it's safe to say that i think i know who her that mom is, is safe though. to say yes i think i know who it is though so so now everybody has to go out and get the book and read the book and then start dming him and being like we need to talk about this <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about your world building and some of the characters in this book and some of the world building for this book and we were just wondering kind of like who are some of the other like authors or like the fantasy series of books movies tv all of that like what do you enjoy like watching fantasy wise or reading fantasy wise and then like how did that inspire you yeah Oh, well, 
Uh, I'm definitely, I, I stick to the fantasy category. I'm not one of those readers that's like taking a little bit from everything. I, I have to have fantasy, but I also have to have romance. So mm-hmm. I really, that's why I love SJ Mass. I love Holly Black. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, although I do not write contemporary or urban fantasy, I love Cassandra Clare uh-huh. okay. um, because of her world building. It is so intricate. Mm-hmm. And it goes so deep. And then she's able to like connect it through hundreds of books. It feels like <laughs> just so many books from yes. this one world. And then you're connecting the characters. I just really love the way that she does that. Um, so that's inspiring to me because I want my world building to be that good. It's my favorite part of writing. Um, that's exciting. As far, as far as like TV shows, I really stick to fantasy or the historical fiction i'm all about you know vikings the witcher (laughs) uh yes nice okay you did say uh historical so now i just have to ask because it's like the whole world right now are you watching bridgerton (laughs) are you I have not started season two. I'm doing it this weekend because I know that I ha- I'll have to binge the whole thing at once. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I should have done that. I watched episodes one through five last weekend. So I got to do six through eight this weekend. So, uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure there will be stray TikToks on our end randomly about Bridgerton because I just have feelings. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to stay away from those t- the Bridgerton TikToks because I'm like, oh my gosh, I- spoilers are going to be coming. I know, I know. it. Mm-hmm. And I just need to, if I watch it tonight, I'll be up until 5 a.m. watching all of it. And I, I shouldn't do that. So. Did I make that mistake last week? Yes, I did. So do I feel <laughs> Yes, I do. <laughs> so I, I do have a question. You've mentioned um, Sarah J. Mass and you mentioned Holly Black and Cassandra Clare. Who's your favorite fantasy writer? Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard to pick one. Um I think they, I would say between Holly Black and Cassandra Clare, because okay. they both do things, they're, they're very different, mm-hmm. but they excel. You know, I love Holly Black's fantas- fantastical world building. Absolutely. Style. Um, I she, love like. She can throw a real like twist in her stories. Like people talk yes. about the Sarah J. Mass twist. And I'm just like, I remember I got done reading when I read the trilogy and I was just like, I was not expecting that. Yes. <laughs> there were a couple of parts where I was like, I, I wasn't expecting that. Okay. Like, cause she set it up from the beginning and all of a sudden it flips and you're like, Whoa, where did that happen? So I, I get that. I totally yeah. get that. Yeah. I love that. And um, the, the woman can write about food. <laughs> like she writes a good feast. I'm like, I feel like I'm there. I can taste it. Like, I love the detail. Um, And then, like I said previously about Cassandra Clare, I just like how intricate she can get and keep that going throughout a whole series. I would love to find a series that I love writing so much that I, you know, do 20 books (laughs) in that one world. Right. So you're aiming for the wheel of time. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) So many books, not quite, but (laughs) yeah. You also mentioned having to have some like romance written in as well. Mm -hmm. And so I have to ask, like, what are some of your favorite tropes? (laughs) 
Oh my. Um, so I really love like the dagger to throw enemies to lovers, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, <laughs> I really like how, I don't know if it's the way that the, like the thought of the love interest being so against the other person and then they find that like one weak spot (laughs) and it's so satisfying like you know friends to friends to lovers is always fun but you know they already like each other so it's very easy for them to slip into the lovers part but in enemies to lovers it's surprising and you know a little angsty and I love that tension like I'm all about the tension (laughs) Yeah, you know, and that's great. I I have to say, I like the tension in this book. Um, there, there's some interesting <laughs> possibilities. Kim trying not to give spoilers, so she's just like, I like the tension. Period. <laughs> it's well done. I really, really worked hard to to build it. Um, <laughs> some people said the romance in my first series was a little too easy. Um, and I, looking back, I was like, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm going to listen. I want, I want to give my readers what they want. So I was like, oh, you want tension. Okay. So, um, built that into this. I've had a lot of people on book talk asking me if it's spicy and I will say there's no actual spice scenes in this one, but it yeah, is, no. it's very, a lot of tension, some steam mm-hmm. building up to some steam. spice. Slow burn. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a slow burn. Um, slow burn. <laughs> and hopefully those readers looking for the spice will be satisfied in book two. <laughs> oh, good to know. <laughs> I mean, you, you, I have to tell you, you, le- you left the first book on quite the cliffhanger. I do that sometimes. <laughs> I was like, ah, what happened? <laughs> you know, there, there's the great debate, especially on book talk, cliffhanger or no cliffhanger. And I'm just, I can't help myself. I have to end it with a bang that's going to leave everyone like, oh, man. <laughs> I, you know, I'm okay with it. I mean, Truthfully, I know. I was going to say, truthfully, I feel like that's a genre thing, too. Like, I feel like fantasy would be a lot harder to not if you're trying to continue an actual, like, line of a story with the same characters versus, like, the reason I'm saying this is because, like, I'm thinking about how, like, Bridgerton, for example, the novels, we know each novel focuses on a different member of the family. So, like, there is no cliffhanger there because we know the format is a different romance for each character because otherwise, like, how would you have a series? You couldn't be like, and then she dumped that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I did try to wrap up a lot of big questions that were like brought up in, you know, book one that I felt would call, you know, it it would have been unsatisfying not to have had Mm -hmm. some answers. So I really try to do that, wrap up a little bit. Um, But, you know, with fantasy, with the genre, the stakes get so high as you go into each book. And you know, you don't want to leave everyone feeling kind of like, well, really, what's what's the big risk for the next right. one? What do we really have to look forward to? So, so do you believe in the happily ever after or do you believe in the not so happily ever after the kind of or the ground? dot dot dot? Will there be a 587th book? Like- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the reason why 
why I asked that. Like, I don't know if you've read the Ember in the Ashes series by Sabah Tahir. Um, I, no, not yet. It's on my TBR. <laughs> okay. I, I have, and I really like it. But the the last book, it's not that it's a dissatisfying ending. I don't want to ruin it for you. But it's not like, you almost feel like you're either going to get a total, it's it's not an HEA, but it's not not an HEA. It's kind of in the middle. <laughs> and it's kind of a, huh, okay. Yeah, I can't say what, you know, what I would do in the future if I would ever write one without a happily ever after. But I do like the satisfaction that comes with seeing our heroes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Know, get some, it, and it might not be what they thought they wanted at the beginning, right? But right, right. you know, it's what they what they ultimately needed, and I really like sure. that. I like the coming of age mm-hmm. style books. I mm-hmm. you know, for my hero to really make this big grand change by the end, okay, in order to get what they want. So, okay. and when I'm reading, I I need. A happily ever after. <laughs> I cannot read yeah. a romance without it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like I said, because you haven't read it, I don't want to ruin it. But I mean, it's, she resolves it really well. It's a, it's a nice resolution. It makes sense for the way the story's written. It's just, there's a lot of controversy about it. And I just kind of laughed because I was like, well, I read it and I was like, okay. I mean, it's not an HEA, like they're right off into the sunset together. Right. It's not like everybody dies and you're miserable either. Like there's... It kind of somewhere between the two. I was gonna say. I mean, you just never know either because, like, we try not to spoil the SJM, like the Akatar stuff, before we get there. Um, but if you've made it this far in the podcast, uh, fair warning: spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> Skip around fifteen seconds. Blah 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 blah. blah. Um, but I mean, that's why some people are so pissed about how like uh, Frost and Starlight and Silver Flames turn out for Reese and Feyre because to them it is boring to see that they basically do get a happily ever after. Versus, I'm like, after that amount of trauma, I should hope so. <laughs> right? <laughs> they deserve exactly. a break. Right? Like, I think they need to retire. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I laugh at all the Akatar fans that are out there that then they read Akatar first and now they're going back and they're, re- they're reading Throne of Glass and they're expecting Akatar writing in Throne of Glass and I'm like she wrote the first book it, one it's her first book ever but second she was in high school when she was writing that yeah uh, I don't write like I did when I was in high school um so I don't expect anyone else to. And so I just, I mean, as the series goes on, you really do get invested in the characters. And uh, I think you'll find Dorian. Dorian will grow on you. That's what I've heard. That's the consensus. And like I said, they someone, a few readers compared King Soren from A Legacy of Darkness to prince dorian um Mm. and they said it's a good thing so (laughs) i love me my cinnamon roll dorian i'm not even gonna lie i love me my cinnamon roll dorian (laughs) he's not my favorite but i do love him so kind of jumping off of what kim was just talking about so you were just telling us that you just wrote your first you basically wrote and published your first book in what like seven or eight months yes <laughs> okay so now you're wow. on book four right because the first one's a trilogy and this is book- a new trilogy yes so this is a brand new trilogy and it's book four for me so i'm currently writing book five because i'm working on the second to this series okay 
Wow. So I'm that's, trying to go quickly. That's some speed. So for context for everybody, in case uh, they've missed it and they didn't read all of the show notes or see me like plastered on all of the things, um, when does this book drop? And then when in theory, maybe will the next one drop? <laughs> yeah. uh, Air of Shadows and Ice drops on April 18th. Okay. Um, and then the next book will come out in August. Oh, wow. That's so speedy. <laughs> yeah. So the whole, the whole series will be out by the end of the year. Really? That's wow. fast. I'm that seems fast very hard. <laughs> I'm not sleeping guys. Okay. <laughs> for you, okay. for all of you. <laughs> I, I, I bow down. I'm just saying, like, oh, wow. appreciate that because some other books I have given up hope. Like, are we ever getting the next Akatar book? Have we given up and just moved on to Crescent City? Maybe. Are we going to have to make a TV show based off of a half of a series? Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> so that would never happen if Hulu wanted to pick up your book. So Hulu, I hope you're listening. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Hint, hint. <laughs> Hulu, Netflix, and all of the things. I hope you're listening. This woman actually finishes her series. Um. <laughs> Do you, speaking of that, I am curious because you already have one series and you're starting your second. Do you have a greater MCU? Yeah. So, so like, supposedly, so like, supposedly has JM has done <laughs> Well, Mark she lost enough Easter eggs in Kingdom Shut of Ash. Shut up, podcast doesn't know that yet because we haven't read Crescent City. <laughs> I said I, she lost enough Easter eggs in Kingdom of Ash. I'm giving, I'm giving you a hard time. <laughs> um, and, well, these, these two series are not. Okay. But I do have plans to go back to A Legacy of Darkness. Uh, I actually have a free novelette called The Princess of Sagan for my any email, email subscribers. Ooh. Um, and I had a lot of positive feedback from this cast, I guess. And so I will be going back and publishing some more shorts Ooh. on them. Nice. Uh, they I did have them make an appearance in book two of A Legacy of Darkness. So that that is all connected. I would like to do a prequel. Mm -hmm. um, so there's always the possibility, depending on my publishing schedule, if I can sure. go back and keep adding to that universe. Because I really do enjoy the worlds that I create. And it, it's sad to leave them behind. So yeah. I'll say I'll never truly leave my worlds forever. Sure. There's always the possibility that I'll go back and string some in. Okay. No, and that's fair. That's why I was just curious because, like, that's the whole thing right now, the big SJM debate. She has this <laughs> tied in universe now with all three series, supposedly. Right. And that is fun. And the, like like I said with the Cassandra Claire stuff, that's what she does, too. Right. And I'm like, I would love to be able to do that, to build a world that that people loved enough for me to, I can't let go of it. My readers, <laughs> my readers won't let go of it. So I can't. Right. Well, I mean, Lee Bardago did the same thing with um, Shadow and Bone. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's a great example. The Grishaverse is one big thing. So yep. yeah, I guess. Maybe yeah, it's a fantasy you, thing. You know, and you, because well, you spend so much time building these worlds and these magic systems mm -hmm. and it's almost a shame to not, use it to its fullest potential because right. you put in all this effort, you know? Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, I can believe it. So you did say the word cast. So now I have to uh, ask you (laughs) two questions that we ask like everybody who comes on the podcast. So, uh, you know, I'm sure uh, unless somebody like lived under a rock or like, I don't know, has been writing all the time. So like probably doesn't spend as much time scrolling TikTok as the rest of us. Um, (laughs) Everybody knows that uh, Hulu is supposedly making Akatar into a TV show. I mean, at this point, I'll believe it when I see it. But um, (laughs) we're going (laughs) to pretend it's real. So uh, two questions for you. Uh, Do you have any like die hard, like die on a hill, like this actor has to play this character? because they do in my head of fan casting. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'll be honest, a lot of book talkers. I'm like, let's just let book talk cast it because there are so many creators who are doing their own takes on this. They're doing skits together too. They're duetting. Yes. It's hysterical. Which one is I'm it? Like, oh, yeah. The, uh, oh, shoot. And now my brain is like melting on my ears. But the guy who is like the only Reese I've come across. <laughs> he's he's done a couple good one. I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've come <laughs> across a few. I'm trying to think of who the, there's one guy who does Tamlin a Stuart lot. McKay. Yeah. Yeah. Stuart McKay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He is, <laughs> is Tamlin. I'm sorry. That man yeah, is Tamlin. So, so annoyed if Hulu doesn't call him. <laughs> right? I'm like tagging Hulu and everything. Like, And there's so many creators that are doing a really good job of mm-hmm. this. Just put them all in the room together and let them, <laughs> right? let them audition. I don't even care at this point. I don't even care. I mean, I love, you know, Kim and I always joke that the only casting in the world is like Jason Momoa, but I don't care. <laughs> cast, uh, what, what is her, her username? Cave, cave, Caven. Uh, yes. Kevin. I don't care that she's female. If they don't cast Caven as Cassian, I'll be pissed. I'll never see him as anyone else. <laughs> she is good. She is good. She has that face. She gets the, the Cassian face and you're just like. Yes. At this point, let's just let Book Talk make the show. I like this. I would pay to see that. I would, I would absolutely pay to see it. Maybe, maybe we got to get Caven on that. Um, <laughs> we'll be like starting to go me. We give up on Hulu. <laughs> and Michaela. Yes, yes. Yes. Oh my God. Can we just let Michaela be all of the Archeron sisters at the same time? <laughs> You get the eyes, those big eyes, and you're like, yeah. okay. see all of the Archon sisters at the same time. It'll be a good time. <laughs> Editing can take care of that for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay. So now my other question that we like to ask everybody is, okay, out of like this story as we know it, is there anything, like any scenes that jump out at you that like when you read them, you were like, oh, this will be visually interesting. Like I want to see that on TV. Um, I'm excited to see the, oh gosh, can I say it? Cal, Cal, how do you say it? Calamai. The festival. Yes. I'm excited to see the festival. Like, I don't care about like Tamlin and stuff. I want to (laughs) see what the festival, I want to go to the party. Okay. So. You know what's fair. I'm extremely (laughs) excited to see that. Um, I'm also, I think it's not a scene, but the biggest thing that I cannot wait to see, and I know it won't come, probably won't come in season one is her found family trope because that's my above mm-hmm. all tropes that is my favorite and mm-hmm. i cannot wait 
to see her meet everyone and yes, get her family. I'm just and like I, I can't wait to see the dynamic between you know Reese and Azrael and Cass. Like it's gonna be so good. I hope. Yeah. I know, right? I know. Yeah. I do the same thing. I'm like, it's gonna be so good unless they screw it up. But I'm just trusting <laughs> that it's gonna be so. I'm, I'm being positive. I'm putting up positive thoughts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we need the positive juju out in the world. Okay, so now I, um, I still want to see the fairy pond. The, the magic water oh, fairy yeah. pond. The fairy and pond of starlight. The cereal, right? Oh, yeah. I want to see Surrey too, yeah. Yeah. Dude, I keep thinking about how they could easily, like, I hope they do a good job, but, like, they could easily do a bad job, and, like, I couldn't even blame them because it would just be hard. Like, the adder is going to be difficult. Yes. Yeah. The adder is going to be so difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, anything I know about, like, having to stick the little green dots on a man and then, like, make him look like something else in post-production. Like. You know who You know who they should get to do it? Just get them, just get Andy Serkis to do it. He's already done it for two whole movie series, so we'll be fine. Yeah. There we go. There we go. I oh, mean, man. you know? I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? That's okay. <laughs> okay, he so we now established it. that, uh, good, we all have feelings about the Actor TV show. We all have decided that probably Hulu could contact you and start a TV show faster than we're gonna get Agatar. <laughs> so, uh, fingers crossed you get a call from Hulu after this. And... <laughs> I guess that kind of uh, wraps it up because we don't want to give too many spoilers to the book other than to say that like Kim and I are like Kim already finished it. I'm still working my way through it, but like we both really enjoy it. I'm so glad. I loved it. And and we really appreciate you letting us read it. Yes. Thank you. I I mean, you guys were so eager to, and that always feels good. So I really am excited that you liked it. And yes. I'm so excited that we got to do this. Yes. yes. So can you tell everybody, like, where can we find it on April 18th? Just, like, all over the interwebs? <laughs> yes. So it'll be on Amazon. Um, the ebook may be going into Kindle Unlimited. The The paperback will be available at the major retailers, Amazon, okay. Barnes & Noble. Um, okay. Yeah. So Awesome. So you Yay! Open Barnes & Noble by me. I'm very excited. <laughs> oh nice nice well, and, and and we discussed this offline I said I we always have to ask now because with the paper shortage and yeah. all of the nonsense of the universe in 2022 it's like where is your book coming out and and some people are like uh well I had a date then I had another date then I had a third date and now it's only gonna come out on Kindle and so, so we always have to ask uh, how can we find it yes, <laughs> not on wood <laughs> So good. We can find yours in physical format in the universe at all of the retail places. And we will link to like your website in the show notes so people can go from there. So that that should make it easy for all y'all to find it so that we can talk about it on the Facebooks and the Instagrams. (laughs) And the TikToks. And the TikToks. We're going to also tag all of your social media things there so uh, they can all go stalk you now. Um, (laughs) Great. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on. You'll have to to come join us again when your next one comes out. (laughs) I would love to. We would love to have you back. In fact, if you want us to read the next one ahead of time for you, we will. 
I'll totally send you an ARC of yeah. it. Yeah. Love I it. loved it. I mean, I'm I'm so excited. I was like, I read it, I got done, and I my husband was like, You're okay? I'm like, Yeah, now I'm not know what's happening. And I got away. <laughs> <laughs> not too much longer. Well, yeah. I will say like, okay. I will say I, I now have a second one, but uh, yours was the first arc I've ever gotten. And my sister actually worked for Barnes and Noble for a while. So my sister has read a ton of arcs before. And so I was super proud because I was like, I finally have one that you don't. Like, I got the first one that you didn't get. And my mom was like, I don't even know what you people are talking about. And we were like, book things. <laughs> you guys were actually the very, very first. I sent, oh, wow. I sent those arcs out to you before it went out to the, the big ARC team. So Really? We feel Ooh, so special. <laughs> <laughs> we want you to know this is the spatialist we've ever felt. <laughs> I feel very, very special now. Yes. <laughs> you get gold star. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, yes. Like you said, guys, you can find her in the show notes and in all our things and all of mm -hmm. our social medias mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. all of that. So, uh, oh my God, uh, go, go read JM Walsh's stuff and then talk to us about it. And thank you for yes. Thank you <laughs> Thanks, so much. guys. Yes. Go read her stuff. It's awesome. Go. Thank Yay. you. Um, okay. So I don't know if you know this part of the show, but at the end, uh, anybody who made it this far, we're always like, okay, bye. And we all say it at the same time. So uh, if you want to join us, um, okay. Bye. Bye. bye.